show. It's the Crack House Podcast with Mike and Muskie. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> Things are not looking good at Ranger Town. They're not looking good. That was a great Mad Dog impersonation, Miguel. They're not gonna do it. <laughs> you know, that guy still he he's still rocking after all these years. That guy on XM Radio, good for him. Yeah, I didn't. You know what, man? I didn't like the way like Francesca threw him under the bus a lot in that thirty for thirty. <laughs> He did. He, he, did. Was, he was a rich kid. He was a rich kid. He was a rich kid. And he kept saying that about him. I grew up, you know, in the, the mean streets of Long Beach. Like, relax, dude. You grew up in Long Beach. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, you know, we, we, they're both weird guys. Um, Francesca had a messed up life, though. I mean, to be honest, he, I don't think he grew up in a bad area. But, uh, well, I guess something, you know, as far as Long Island's concerned, it was sketchy but um i think he came from like a broken home his father ran out on him or something something oh i thought the dad died i always thought the father died for some reason or died or left and then died young or some something like father died something happened with the father uh you know fruit loops mad dog he definitely he definitely came from a little bit of money yeah he was a seasick guy yeah the Um, father was a jeweler or something father was a jeweler He was big into tennis and I watched that 30 for 30. It was good. I mean, listen, that was part of us growing up. Yeah. Whether you were a sports fan or not, you know, on the radio, I guess growing up in the eighties and you know, seventies, eighties, nineties, I mean, mad dog, Francesca, Howard Stern, Opie and Anthony. Those were, you know, if you were a New Yorker, you know, in that time period, I mean, you probably were living on planet Mars. If you was, you know, didn't catch that, those shows. You know, in that time period. Yeah, all those guys. Scott Muni. Scott, Scott Muni. Oh, my God. There was another guy with a very gravelly, smoke-filled voice. He got into himself a lot of trouble. A guy's name was Scott something or another. He was a big, I guess he was from Buffalo. Um, it'll come to me. He was on WFAN. He's bounced around the talk ro- uh, show radios. It's kind of an interesting character. He talks like, rah, 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 like very gravelly voice. Like he smoked like 10... Hmm. 10 cigarettes, chain smoke cigarettes all day. It'll come to me in a couple of minutes. But um, I lit off with the 94, uh, well, not the 94, though, the Rangers goal so- a song. They're not doing too well. But uh, I'd meant to ask you, Mike, you know, off the record, I put this on Twitter a couple weeks ago. What do you think is the greatest time period in our lifetime as a New York sports fan? I know you're not so much into sports anymore. And, you know, I'm kind of going that way with the NFL and the NBA, but I still watch it. I mean, for us growing up in our lifetime, 69 is probably a little bit before us, but I'll give you four choices and I'll pose it to the audience. 69, 86, 94 to 01, and then 2009 to 2015. And no judging. I, I'll 
selfishly, I say 86 because I got the Mets because it's Mets and Giants. But like greatest run, like you just said, 94 to 01. Just I mean, the Yankees were just it was just in it every year. Uh, 94, you get the Rangers. So as far as a stretch, that's the best stretch. But as far as one single year for me, like I said, being selfish is definitely 86. I mean, I guess you're, we're too young for 69, but I guess. Yeah, but I mean, what was. 60, I mean, it, I mean, all four. There were four teams, right? It was, it was yeah. the Jets, the Mets, um, the Knicks, right? And uh, one more. Let's see. And NBA one, NBA one, the Knicks one, the Mets one, uh, football one, no hockey. So it was three out of the four. You know what, though? It seems whenever they talk about that era, the Knicks are always left out of it. Absolutely. No one ever talks about that. And uh, even like the Mets kind of get like a little bit overshadowed, depending on what time of year they talk about. If it's baseball season and people want to talk about 69 and boom, obviously. But the rest of the year, it's always, you know, people want to talk about Joe Willie predicting you know, we're winning, yeah. which is, you know. Hey, listen, man, I'm probably as big as a Yankee fan as they come, but has there ever been a more romanticized team in pop culture than the 69 Mets? Well, it was another one of those teams. Like, they just. They I mean, pop- think about all the movies, all the movies that reference that that team. It's right. A, all the yeah, TV but series. I, you got to remember, 69, they're seven years into their into the team. Yeah, seven years and they get and they got a a championship. So I mean, I mean, what were the Marlins? Marlins was ninety seven. I think they started in ninety two or ninety one in that area, or maybe eighty nine, eighty nine. No, wasn't no ninety two, ninety three. Yeah. So they took 92. them ten years. What they went oh three five six years. No, they, they won oh, in ninety seven. Yeah, 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 that's right. Ninety seven. The ninety seven year Leland. Jim Leland yeah. smoking cigarettes in the dugout. I mean, it's tough for me. I mean, I'd probably go with the 94 to 01 stretch. You know, the Rangers run right now. They're not looking good. You know, they're down three to two, you know, seven game series. But that 94 was, you know, I, believe it or not, I wasn't a Ranger fan back then. I was an Islander fan, which is a story, you know, for another episode. But um, my father grew up a Ranger fan. Um, obviously, I watched all those games in the bars and stuff. Such a magical time going back and forth between, you know, the Knicks and the Rangers every night. And then, a year and a half later, it kicked off with the Yankees and that magical run from 96 to 01. Um, 86 was fantastic, man. I mean, I'm not a Met fans, but, you know, I enjoyed it. My brother's a Met fan. You guys are Met fans. The, the city was electric. We've talked about it. 69's before our time, but. Yeah, we don't like know. Said, there's you know, so much stuff. I mean, they got the ticket tape parade and everything, but you really don't know. You know, you, you don't know how the city was, how everything. Was yeah, going. yeah, true, true. So. And then in uh, 2009 to 15, you, you got the Yankees in 09. You got the Giants in 11. You got the Rangers and the Mets making World Series and, and Stanley Cup uh, appearances. They didn't win, obviously, but yeah. Mets had a nice run in 2015. Yeah. The Rangers had a nice run that year. You know, um, I guess they lost to the Kings that year in the finals. Yeah. KC was a buzzsaw. They just they just found a way to win every one of those games. But, um, but K Sarah Sarah. You know, we've talked about sports. You know, I, I let me ask you this, Mike. Have you watched any any uh, NBA or an NHL playoffs? I saw I watched a few uh, 
uh, the Ranger games. I watched a few. They won't, you know, I watched last night. Yeah, they lost last night. I mm-hmm. watched I watched maybe 15, 20 minutes of the game. Um, you know, I I think it's just you, you're, you're playing the defending back to back champs. They're going to find a way to win. And that that's what it is. Like they, the Rangers have had this magical run. No one expected them to right. get this far from what I'm hearing. So. I mean, is it going to be a le- I mean, I'm not a huge Ranger fan. You're obviously you are. A lot of our friends are. Um, I've, I I feel bad in the sense, like, because it would have been great for the city. Like, I definitely would have watched it. But, you know, one of my one of the best guys I ever worked with, my boy, Beige, the guy's a diehard Ranger fan. He's watched every game. You know, he starts texting me during the games like they're going all the way. And, you know, we obviously everyone we grew up with. Right. You know, they're all huge Ranger fans. So. I mean, I think it would have been great for the city. And it's been, I mean, you know, time marches on, man. It's a long time since 94. It's almost 30 years, man. You know, it, it's getting, you know, nice. 30 years for them. It, it's 50, almost 50 for the Knicks, right? Yeah. I, I don't think the Knicks are going to win in all lifetime. I, you know, sad to say. I could see the Rangers winning again. I could see the Islanders winning. I wouldn't dislike the Islanders, you know. You know, I've kind of become less and less of a sports fan like you. To a lesser extent with the, uh, you know, obviously baseball. I'm still a big Yankee fan, but some of the other sports I've dropped off with. Um, I would get behind. Uh, I, I think I would get behind most New York teams, you know, that especially, you know, if my team wasn't there. I, mean, I think it would be hard for me to root for the Mets, but. Um, well, would you root? All right. You're a Nick fan. Would you root for the Nets in the finals? Yeah, I would. I would. I don't have any any animosity towards the towards the Nets. I mean, I'm obviously a Knicks fan, so I mean, if it was them, in, in, you know, I'm rooting for the Knicks, but I don't have any animosity to the Nets. I have a, a couple of my buddies that are Nets fans. I don't dislike them. Yeah, I wouldn't care if the Nets, you know. I don't think it would move the dial, though, in the city, Mike. Uh, you know, I don't think, I mean, I think there would. No, I, I see, I think it would in the sense of the transplants that move here. Yeah. Where people like pick a team and it's like, oh, oh, the Nets just won. All right, now I'm a Nets fan. I, I see it, too, like these younger kids that move in from all around the country now and not to take any, you know, take anything away from the Yankees. But right now, the hot team is the Mets, even though oh, the Yankees, absolutely. the Yankees have a better record. The Yankees. Have, no, I agree with that. I, 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 I think we're going to have a subway series. I'll jinx it right now and say it. I, it's it's I, a I collision course you, right now. I'll, I'll tell you, as a Yankee fan, I never want to. Uh, I have to say, I, I never wanted another subway series in my life. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. There's no upside for us. <laughs> yeah. Know, the reality it is, is if the Mets come out and beat the Yankees, you'll you'll never hear the end of it as yeah. a Yankee fan. So to me, I, I'd rather not see it. I went to the last one. It was actually a game five when they beat them at, at Shea. And uh, it was nice. I, I enjoyed it. It was great to be there. But I tell you what, I wouldn't want to be on the other end of it as a Yankee fan. You know, I but, mean, it uh, sucks. It sucks as a Mets fan that they yeah. lost, but you can kind of deal with it, you know, I think the Yankee fan would really be under a lot of pressure, man, if they went and lost. But uh, I, 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 I definitely see your point. I mean, yeah, it's a lot more Met fit. Like, um, you yeah. see a lot more Met hats, jersey shirts, whatever, what have you. Yeah, you can see the t- the, the 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 worm is definitely turning. You know, I mean, the Yankees got a great team this year. Well, I, I think they're overachieving, but and the Mets are great. You know, I mean, they're, they're doing very well. I think the difference with the Mets and the hype is they've got an owner that wants to spend him, who wants to win. And I, I don't get that feeling with, with, with Steinberg and his son. I mean, they have a good payroll. 
you know, but they don't. Cohen, Cohen reminds me of a new age Steinbrenner, a guy that is going to spend what he needs to do to win. And I think the Yankees are a little bit more cost efficient. You know, efficient. Uh, well, I mean, think. yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, now that we're sports talk radio, but um, yeah. you're absolutely right. But Steinbrenner, Steinbrenner created that blueprint of yeah. you want to win championships, spend money, dude, spend money, go out and buy. Dude, 96, he just opened up that check. He's like, hey, Wade Boggs, want to want to win a World Series? Come to New York. He didn't really. I mean, they, they spent money, but I think they built a lot of that. You know, I guess when he went away in the early 90s, he definitely had big payrolls. But I think it's a little bit overdone with them. They start to spend a lot, like in the early two thousands, after you know, after the dynasty was over, and uh, I guess right before he passed away. You know, that oh nine yeah. team, they spent a lot of money. But I think I think the Yankees spending money gets a little get, get, gets a little bit overdone. I mean, you don't you don't hear when the Mets really. Well, they had there was that one year. Oh man, was it one year of Clemens' salary? I think it was one year, like Roger Clemens' salary. Yeah, 99, 2000. It was bigger than like the Marlins payroll and like the Royals payroll. Oh, speaking of big money, did you read the article about John Elway losing a billion dollars? No, what happened, man? I was reading this in the post the other day since screw it. We're still on sports. Uh, Elway back in 98. I think it was his last season, that Super Bowl season. The the tremendous business man, by the way. I'm interested to hear what happened. All right. He was up for contract re- renegotiation, either night, I think 97 into 98 or whatever. And they offered him, I think it was 10% of the team. So like, we, we, we're not going to pay you 20 something million, but we'll give you the equivalent. We'll give you like 10 or 15% of the Broncos. He said no. And the team just got sold. I didn't read the Broncos four point five billion dollars. They're up there. His, his cut from that would have been like nine hundred ninety million dollars. So he missed out on a billion dollars. Billion dollars. Now, listen, man, the NFL is a money making business. All sports are. I think the Yankees are reclaimed the throne for the, the, the most. Yeah. What are, they, yeah, what are the Yankees worth? Then? Eight billion. I think they surpassed the Cowboys in the la- latest um, uh, ranking. Cowboys, I think, are number two. The Lakers are top 10. Yeah. Uh, the Redskins are up there. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, because I remember, what was it? Magic Johnson paid $2 billion Yep. The Dodgers are for the, the Dodgers now. Yeah, Dodgers. Yeah, they got the ring. I mean, they're back in, you know. But it's very, uh, very NFL heavy, you know. Um, something came out today. I mean, while we're on sports, two, two stories. Number one, going back to the Rangers for a second, I saw... I guess some kid in in the, in the uh, Madison Square Tunnel turned around and... Oh, yeah, him. man. Dude, he cold cocked that dude, man. I saw that video. He what's dropped that guy, What's that guy getting? Is he getting like a slap on the wrist or is he getting he's, prosecuted? He's probably getting locked up for assault in the third degree, which is a misdemeanor. He basically so, got a ticket. If he has ID and he doesn't have any warrants, he went home. He, he went home in a couple hours. They took him into the precinct which is a block and a half away down to Midtown South. They put him in a cell for two hours and he went home. He got a <laughs> ticket to go back to court in a month, but he knocked that dude out, man. You know, I'm just curious to see what, what provoked him. Like, you know, yeah, it's one like, of those was, like, was this guy talking shit? I'm sure. Cause the guy, the way the guy was walking out, listen, I'm not condoning what the guy did, but the guy behind him, he's got the, he's got the lightning shirt on, which let me just throw this out there. 
as a as a huge sports fan for 40 plus years going into a into certain stadiums with the opposite team jersey i'm not telling you that you can't do it but you're looking for trouble in some circles oh yeah man you're you know, you're, of- you're a red Sox fan you go into the yankee stadium bleachers you're asking for trouble uh, you know um you go into the black hole you know out in vegas now or you know previously in oakland you, you go with some jerseys out there you're getting some big shit. dodges giants same deal you know you go to a chavez ravine wearing a San Francisco giant shirt. You know, there was a story a couple years ago, I guess, where some guy got put into a coma. Yeah. You know, I'm not condoning any of this stuff, Mike, but use your brain. And I'm looking at that video and the guy seemed to be like walking very smugly and I can almost see, you know, I don't know what happened there, but I almost surmised that the guy was talking shit behind this guy. You know, you just don't turn around like an animal like that and just cold clock somebody with no rhyme or reason. I mean, maybe he did, you know, maybe the guy was drunk and he decides to turn around and, but my guess is that guy was saying something under his breath or saying something, the guy heard him and he turned around again. I'm not condoning what he said, you know, did, but there seemed to be a little bit more than that. Oh yeah. We definitely didn't. I'm sure the guy popped off some shit, man. I worked with a guy almost every year. He, this guy was a Cowboys fan. He would go to four Cowboys games a year. Okay. Go to like a game in Dallas. A Giants game, you know, at at the Meadowlands, Meadowlands, right? MetLife. Usually at Washington and at Philly. Those four places, he goes. Three of those places, I will wear Dallas stuff. He goes. There was only one place, Philly, Philly, Philly. And I, I mean, Philly. I could I could have told you that. Yeah, we yeah. Went, we went thirty years ago, man, with the fraternity, and I, I remember we got there early in the morning, and like, literally, it was a it was a four o'clock game, by like. Three or four in the afternoon, we were like in like ten fights, man. It was just insane, and that was yeah. with some we were with some big dudes at the time. But yeah, but dude, you're outnumbered like forty thousand to what, you know what a 15. bunch of animals, bro. Like, yeah, listen, <laughs> throwing Yankee batteries fan, Yankee, on the right, field, right. The Yankee man. fans aren't great either, you know. I listen, I'll, I'll own up to that. I'll you know, I'll I'll co-sign with that. But I've been to Philly, oh, what a bunch of animals, dude. <laughs> Dude, Philly's a type of place like you, you can't even go like you couldn't wear a Yankee hat or a Met hat no, and bring no your way. kids. They're going to the guy we pump up at the end of the show. Right, Tommy D. He went to like the, the, the 09 World Series. He probably could tell us some stories if he's watching this. You know, maybe he'll comment on the section. I remember him telling some stories where they they were just out of control in 09, you know, giving the Yankee fans a lot of shit. I've had some friends of mine who are big Met fans go down to Philly. Same yeah. same stuff. Just. Yeah, that's up there. That's up there. And I and I definitely agree. I think if you're a cowboy fan, that's not a wise choice going <laughs> with a yeah, cowboy this, this guy, like I said, he used to do like three stadium, three, four stadiums a year. He goes, I never have a problem in the other three. Never. He goes, I won't. He goes, I won't even wear something blue. He goes, I'll just wear like a black jacket and a black snow hat. And that's it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then I guess the other story, going back to the NFL and like the Elway story, which was pretty interesting. He's a very successful business. Yeah. In Elway. Um, the Jack Del Rio thing, who I guess, uh, I guess he made a comment about January 6th being a dust up. And I guess he turned around. Head coach Ron Rivera fined him for $100,000. The guy really didn't say anything outlandish, but again, it doesn't fall into the narrative of what's out there in terms of what happened on January 6th, or at least a certain perspective from what happened. And the, you know, basically from what I gathered is they forced the guy to retract his statement and they fined him, which... You know, that's your prerogative. Like Big Pat says, you know what? You're a private organization. You get to make the rules and 
do whatever you want and you want to stay off the radar, you know, with the social justice people and everybody out there. But here's the deal, you know, going back to what happened to John Gruden in the fall, I just find it funny that the Redskins or commanders, whatever you want to call them these days, had this huge investigation. And if you go into it, Mike, you know, from a criminal standpoint, there's all sorts of shit going on with the Redskins slash commanders. You know, sexual allegation, assault, pimping out the cheerleaders. They did a whole from top to bottom investigation. And the only thing that they found wrong was John Gruden and some bad emails saying some the N-word and some anti, I guess, LBGT type stuff. Fine. You want to punch the guy? That's great. But you did this like deep dive on this organization, and that's the only thing that you found. And here you got a defensive coordinator making a statement about January 6th, which is within his right. But like Pat says, you know, you're working for a corporation and, you know, you got to kind of toe the line. You find him 100 grand. I mean, listen, the guy didn't say anything completely outrageous in the sense that he compared it to, I guess, the riots that happened in 2020, which is an opinion for a certain political perspective. I just found it odd that this franchise went out of their way to find the guy and, you know, find him for a hundred thousand dollars. You know, well, I just, it's like you. I mean, listen, you hit the nail on the head. They want to be on the, you know, the NFL, the Red, uh, the Commanders. Commanders, right? Want to be on the right side of everything. You know, obviously, January sixth is not a popular opinion with a lot of people. Sure. So they, you know, they made an example out of. Them. And I, I, I think what the NFL. I bet what the NFL did is they reached right out to Snyder and to River and said, listen, you need to make an example. We don't want any trouble. They went through a whole bunch. They of actually shit. told this guy they, to retract they, the statement. Well, they or, went through a whole bunch else. of shit yeah. already with Kaepernick. The whole Kaepernick debacle. They don't want another repeat of that. They don't I want kneeling. Something. They don't want kneeling again. They don't want to lose ratings. They don't they don't want dust. I get that, Mike. But here's here's my deal. My deal is what are you trying to cover with the with, with, with the Redskins slash commanders? You know, my deal is this. You want to you want to tell the line. You want to stay out of trouble. You want to stay off the radar. Great. That's fine. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, you were pimping out cheerleaders, bro. Your, your organization is a cesspool. And this is what you choose to, you know, to, to pinpoint or find some emails from another coach who works for a different team and hang him out to drive. Again, I'm not condoning what Gruden did or said either, but. Come on, man. That's the only thing that you found. I mean, to me, it was like a cover up. Oh, no, it it is. It's a pick and choose of. All right. Who can we make an example out of? And that's who they chose. They chose to make an example out of the, the NFL. Wasn't the commander. The NFL chose to make the example out of group. That yeah. was that was we saw these emails. All right. Yeah, you're fine. You're done. Um, but the Del Rio thing that. I think that came directly from the NF that that just went down the chain, like put a muzzle on him. We don't need this guy. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Spewing, you know, we don't want to hear his political beliefs every week. We, we yeah. went and like I said, they went through enough in the last two years, actually going back even a little further with Kaepernick, going back from Kaepernick on. No one wants to hear they went through all the BS of all of that. They don't want to do it again. Now they they don't want to because now they're looking at it as far as like the other side of it, which is the Del Rio side, the right side. They, they, they're like they're nipping it in the bud. A hundred grand. You're getting fined. Shut up. Just coach. Yeah. That's your job, coach. And I, I, I think you're going to probably throughout the year, hopefully. If not, we'll call them out on that. If, if, if another political stance becomes 
the popular opinion of someone wanting to say something, another coach wanting to say something in another political direction, and they don't do anything about it. Then if I was this guy, Del Rio, if I was Jack Del Rio, who's basically made his he, I, the guy's probably never had another paycheck except playing football. Well, I guess the then point maybe I would, he's got a leg to stand on and say something. And I would agree with that, Mike. I would also say that there are there are political statements ba- made by coaches out there, specifically in the NBA with Steve Kerr and, and Popovich. Well, what did Steve? And, all right. The and, whole- and, and my argument for that, what you just said is real simple. And, and I would agree with you. If it happens again, you should call them out. But here's the deal. And I'll tie it into the Kavanaugh thing in a moment. So this guy makes a statement on January 6th, which is not a popular opinion with a, with, with, with a lot of people in the country. And he gets fined. The NFL and specifically the commanders shut him down. Okay, great, fine, your prerogative. Kerr and Popovich pop off a lot on social justice issues in the NBA, and nobody says peep to them. Okay, but you're because also it, all right. You're talking because different because sport. it's because it's all right. And granted, it's a different sport. But my my piece with them is okay. That's fine. But you, again, you want to just curtail one perspective from the political spectrum. Going back to the Kavanaugh thing, right? So some wacko from California travels three thousand miles go across the country to basically assassinate this justice because the kid is suicidal and messed up. He sees two people out in front of the guy's house and he, and he turns himself in and nobody says a peep about it. It gets a little bit of news, but the reality of it was he still got the white house promoting that. Hey, listen, you should protest in front of these people's houses. But my question is what if it was somebody like say, for example, from the right side of, of, of the political spectrum, going to like a Saddam Wayara's house and saying, you know what, protesting, you know, for something like, you know, the legalization of gay marriage or something to the effect. I can almost guarantee you that person would be labeled a domestic terrorist and you'd see a whole different level of yeah, coverage. But she, no, she would. It would have to be if someone went to Sonia Sotomayor's house. Right. With the whatever right the issue is for whatever okay. the issue is on the right side. If it was for gun rights or something like that, you know, Here's the thing. This kid is definitely a whack job. Absolutely. Because he what because the fact that he walked up and like he got there. Did he have like his moment of clarity? No, he saw two guys. He saw two armed guards in front of the judge's house. That's what I'm saying. And he and he and he got deterred and he called up and he turned himself and he said, listen, I'm suicidal. I've got guns. I'm here. I was here to kill Kavanaugh. And he wanted to make, you know, I guess a story for his messed up life. And um, I've been reading a lot of stuff about the gun, the gun stuff that we talked about a couple weeks as well. You know, there's obviously a lot of emphasis on gun control, which which is fine. And, you know, I'm reading more and more about, you know, maybe red flag laws and stuff that, you know, like we were mentioning a couple weeks ago that talks about the mental illness aspect of it. You know, because, again, you can limit the amount of guns in people's hands and it'll probably make these things a little bit more difficult. But it just seems like you got a whole nother component that plays into it, Mike. I mean, you being law enforcement, I mean... You know, maybe you make it a little bit easier for people to become therapists. I, I don't know what you do. Maybe you try to improve the, the family life in this well, country, you know? Well, I mean, where a lot of these people come from broken homes, if you got surroundings, if you, you know? want to buy an AR 15 and someone in your, you know, I don't think the background for me, I don't think the background check should just be on the person buying the gun. If you live with four people and one of them is on like four different psych medications, I'm sorry, man. You shouldn't have a gun in the house. I agree with you a thousand percent. You know, that, most people would. Someone, right. you know, that's that's but a recipe kid, for disaster. Like, for example, the kid in Texas, he passed the background checks. 
I mean, that, that's the reality of it. He was a legal age. And I guess the other argument is, okay, you, you raised the legal age to buy it. Fine. Okay. I think the, the New York governor has been very, you know, proactive with that. That's fine. But on the flip side, the kid can get drafted and serve the country. So now all of a sudden, yeah, that's the old 18. Oh, 18. I can die for right. my country, but I can't have a beer. You know, I can elect the president. I can't have a beer. It, it, it's it's yes. so much. Yeah. But then people say, if you look at the actual numbers over the years, raising the legal age to drink has reduced teen death by whatever Absolutely. percentage. So I, I, I'm sure there is some greater good always at work for this. Yeah. I but, agree. Uh, you know, listen, I've always said this too. Get rid of every gun, outlaw all guns, you know, make it illegal where no one can get it like drugs. You want drugs, you're going to get drugs. You want yeah, you guns, get it. You're going to get guns. You can make a gun on a computer now. <laughs> you can Same, make right? these ghost guns. You can make, you know, you get a 3D printer and you could just sit and make guns all day. Off to politics and onto pop culture for a second. So I checked out your recommendation. I saw the first couple episodes of The Boys. And uh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, um, it's a it's a great take, man. I think it's you know, a so. Mike Mike put me onto this, you know, in the last episode and off the air. So, because it's about these group of superheroes that are a little bit on the suspect side in terms of morality. I guess the first episode leads with I guess this guy's girlfriend getting killed in an accident perpetrated by a superhero, and uh, I guess at the end of one of the episodes, I guess they end up. I guess one of the guy who looks like uh, a cross between Shazam and Superman ends up eye lasering uh, the mayor of Baltimore's plane to kind of derail him into this investigation. Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty cool stuff. You know, I definitely, uh, I was a little bit hooked. I think it was a great call, you know, kudos to you, you know, for putting me onto that. Um, I saw the Joker two got greenlit and it's yeah. the, the screenplay has been in the script have been written and it's a French name where it basically says something to the effect of two people playing the same role. And the insinuation is that Joaquin Phoenix is going to come back and apparently um, there's going to be a second Joker in the flick. So he's, his, his actions are going to kind of spur this other guy to be Batman's primary rival. The other, the other, the other theory is that it could be also Harley Quinn. So they're talking about like Two Face and 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 that kind of stuff. So pretty interesting stuff. We'll get we'll get a sequel to that, which was a wildly popular show. We've talked about it. Um, pretty saw, interesting stuff. I finally saw Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just very childish. I wasn't a big fan, Mike. I really wasn't. I just felt like it was very geared towards like little kids to watch, not like. The, the average Marvel fan has been a lot old. It, I don't know. I thought it was OK. You know, you got to see all these the, the other characters they threw in in the multiverse thing. I didn't think it was that bad. Um, but, you know, it's just moving the stories along. That's all it is. I caught the dinosaur thing on Apple TV. I'm sick of dinosaurs. Mm. You know, the uh, the uh, Jurassic Park got really bad reviews. Yeah, and, it, got, it got um, slammed. I got to tell you, I, I saw this thing on Apple TV and I, initially I was really intrigued by it. But, dude, I fell asleep, man. It, looked, it was like watching National Geographic for like freaking four hours straight. I just conked out watching it completely unimpressed. I mean, the graphics were nice and stuff. But, hey, listen, go out and watch the Jurassic Park movies for those out there. Um, Did you catch I, up on Obi-Wan? 
I did, and I gotta be honest with you, Mike. I'm, I'm a fan, but I mean, it's it's a hard man. It's hard I'll, I'll, so you're all caught up. All caught up. Yeah, I will say episode four. They should have just named it. The wind is out of the sails. Because that's losing my. Interest. It was. It was a very. That episode four, I thought was a very boring episode. It's losing my interest, man. You know, it's like I want to see more Vader. I think everybody wants to see more Vader. I want to see a rematch. I, I can't see Obi Wan going out like the the invalid that he was against Vader in in, in okay. the episode. All right, let me throw this then. Do you think? I mean, everyone's getting these spinoffs. Do you think Vader gets a series? No. No way. I think they'll just do another movie. I, I don't think so. I think maybe maybe you get a second season. You're going to get a little bit of emphasis on on the uh, on the Inquisitor, the girl. Um, I think she, you're going to get a little bit more her story. I don't know if you get much more Obi-Wan, man. You got two episodes left. I don't know how much really more that they get. And I'm thinking that the rematch that was talked about, you got already in, in, in episode three, which is going to be yeah. kind of deflating for me, you know? I mean... Yeah, I mean, again, it, I watch it. I'm a Star Wars fan. I thought it was good the first couple episodes. I really would have liked to see them a little bit more emphasis on Luke than Leia. I mean, I got enough of Leia. She's a cute little kid. She's the baby Yoda. Yeah, stuff, she's but... the baby Yoda this time around. She's super, you know, she's a super cute little kid. She's she's a sassy little girl. And uh, yeah, she's going to be the all the rave. Um, oh, what the hell was I just going to say now? I just had something really profound. I think to you're say. talking like a uh, sequel or a spinoff. No, no, no. I did want to mention one thing before we run out of time here. Um, and Astoria Landmark is closing, man. Oh yeah, if you got this... around to uh, to visiting it, but for the uh, no. Astoria natives out there, uh, Pizza Palace on Dittmar's Boulevard is closing after I don't know forty plus years. Mike, I I think okay. So the episode's coming out Sunday. This might have been it. I think it was this wow. week. So if you didn't get a slice, I was going to throw on a powdered blue shirt and my uh, <laughs> a blue tie and walk in and a gray <laughs> pair of slacks and walk in and get one last slice in my story Imac, landmarks in my Mac you know, uniform. For those out there, put out in the Twitter, uh, Mike's Twitter feed or like on the comments in the YouTube section of, of the episode, famous landmarks of your specific town, either on Long Island or in Queens that you grew up with that either is still around. You want to throw a shout out, you know, me and Mike, maybe, uh, you know, spend a little bit more time on a deep dive of, of that. But I can tell you, Pizza Palace, you know, we grew up with that huge place, 40 plus years, you know, what's oh, next? I Lagoolies? You know, pastry, you know, yeah, Ghoulies has been there since like the that place has been there since like the 30s. Oh, I want All to right. read this thing quick. Good. Before we go. Oh, what my buddy Richie, you can find him at dawn, the dawn of a new era on uh, Instagram. Plot hole in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Listen to this. Indiana Jones has no effect on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Let's think about it for a second. If Indy wasn't in the movie, the Nazis would have kept digging randomly, found the Ark, brought it to the island, opened it, and all died like they did in the movie no matter what. <laughs> Richie, man, nice find. This is the second time someone has thrown out uh, an Indiana Jones like, what the F? The first one was finding out Temple of Doom's a prequel. You know, this guy's debunked indie, man, which uh, this I know. Is, uh, I, I think the, uh, I know the, the new one's coming out. He's the new eight. one's coming out like in a year. I mean, who knows who's going to be the lead or what have you. But no, um, it's him. It's he's back. It's going to be him. Yeah. Yeah. 75 years old. He's a father's age. That dude. 
Yeah. It's going to be a lot, of, a lot of CGI. You know what? One last thing I want to throw out before we wrap things up, Mike. Uh, did you read Julia Garner in, is in the lead for this Madonna biopic? I, I know you were talking about this off the air with me. Yeah, they did something where they took a whole bunch of different girls of ethnicities, color, whatever you want to say, and they threw all these names out here for a Madonna movie. And now you just said she's like the lead. She's or the she, lead one. She, she, you she, said she, something to me where like they have like I, I didn't Spanish look it up. Chicks and African-American chicks. Yeah, they, know, they, in, in, like I said, I think they it. went like three or four different names they had. And like I said, it was all different ethnicities and colors and whatever you want to say. My question is, but, how can you take a historical fiction? a figure like that or like a famous figure like that and change their ethnicity i i don't get that i mean it's gonna be like a like a fictional fictional uh portrayal of her or is it gonna be actually madonna i i, I gotta imagine if it's madonna it's gotta be julia garner or somebody that actually looks like the girl yeah julia woman. that she does like looking at her now she does actually look like her so a little bit a little bit I mean, if you take an African-American woman or, or a Spanish woman, I don't know. Maybe maybe a Spanish woman could kind of pull it off. But you change, you're changing really. I don't know, man. I don't I, know. I found that wacky when you mentioned that to me off air. But hey, we made Jesus white. So who cares? Yeah, that's you know? true. A Middle Eastern guy. <laughs> I love Jesus very, very much. But Jesus not hit, help me <sighs> hitting the curveball. That's true. I'll leave you all with this. It's very, very bad to drink Joe Boo's rum. Exactly. There's major league fans out there on the sports little tangent. We'll wrap it up, Mike. I think we're running out of time here. Yeah. Uh, time flies when you're having fun. www.djchrisclash.com. Check me out. I'm booked in uh, June, the rest of June and July now. But uh, send me a message. Hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, cell phone, Facebook Messenger. I'll be there. Uh, Celtic Monkey, Mike Power, North Carolina, Wilmington, Jay Cristiano, 844-442-7334, Cardinal Financial, promo code 4215, Tommy D's five-star shopping by Tommy, 917-559-8264. Take it away, Mike. All right. Uh, you can catch me actually right now when this show's out. I'll be at Broadway, the 9 o'clock, the 11 o'clock show. Uh, Thursday to 16th, I'll be up Broadway, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And uh, 27th, same thing, Broadway, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. Go to broadwaycomedyclub.com for ticks. And uh, check out Jack at I Can Paint. And Pat Dixon, New York City Crime Report, and on Compound Media and the Locals Network. Other than that, we will see you when we see you. Let's go, Rangers. Peace Let's, out, everybody. Hopefully the Rangers win it. Later.